Hey everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today we have Brittany back in the house. A little housekeeping real quick. We are working on getting full-time child care. So um, if you guys have been listening for a little while, you've heard us complain about our struggles with child care with other people, and we have resorted to getting an au pair. For those of you that don't know, an au pair is just a person that is going to come in from a foreign country and live with us to help take care of the kids, which is a very strange concept for us, but we're, we're going to have to try to, uh, to make it work because right now it's 1030 at night. We're trying to shoot a podcast and I couldn't figure out the task cam X8 for like 45 minutes. So Brittany has given me the evil eye right now. So if we had someone here that was taking care of the kids in the afternoon, we could have been doing this at like 3 p.m. instead of the middle of the night. So right now, it's easier for me to just shoot the podcast by myself than it is um, to try to have Britt involved because she has to take care of the kiddos while I'm down here in the dungeon shooting podcast episodes. So I am very stoked to have her on. Woohoo! It's been a long time. It's uh, one of those, uh, I don't know, you do what you can and you just try not to stress the rest. This works for us right now. She says that she was yelling at me two seconds ago because I couldn't figure out how to use the task. I was. My time is valuable. and My sleep is necessary. Her exact words are, my sleep alarm just went off. I'm supposed to be in bed. <laughs> I like my sleep. What can I say? Uh, so one other note, uh, we have started to offer mentoring sessions, so feel free to reach out to us about that. Uh, you can hit us up at hello at WVFB.co, or you can send us um, uh, like a, we have a contact form on the website. It's just under mentorship and it'll send us a message straight to that. So we love helping other professionals really improve. And uh, I've really been having a lot of fun mentoring people. So yeah, if you want to, you want to get involved, feel free to hit us up. And with all of that being said today, we want to talk about solo versus multiple shooters. So let's get after it. I do want to say it sounds super echoey in my headphones right now, and I'm not really sure why, but I struggled like all hell to get this task cam working. So I'm going to try to clean this up as best as possible. So please don't be too mad at me. Uh, All right. So with that disclaimer, for solo shooting last year, we shot 41 weddings and I did at least 20 of those weddings by myself. Spoiler alert, solo shooting is not for me. I am not a fan of solo shooting whatsoever. Now that does not mean that people shouldn't be solo shooting or it can't be done. I just do not personally like it. I know plenty of people who do it very well and love it. So this has nothing to do. Like, I don't want people to get discouraged when they hear me say that and that kind of stuff. Like I just, I personally just don't like it. I'm going to go through some things that I didn't like about it. Uh, It definitely seems like the day is more chaotic because you, you are missing things. You're only one person. You can only be expected to be at one spot. 
so you're you're definitely you are going to miss some moments. And when you're running around trying to get equipment set up or, you know, trying to do uh, what? You just yawned and you made me yawn. Oh, well, it's. Get it together, Phil. It's 1030 at night. Uh, but so you, when you're setting up equipment, when, you know, you're, you're trying to like balance, do I get reception decor? Do I get, you know, bridal family portraits? Like there's, you just can't be at two places at once. So I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, so you really have to prioritize what shots you need or want. Uh, and you know, like I said, the perfect example of that is, are you going to go out with the bridal party or are you going to do reception decor? Um, because normally those go at the same time. And, you know, I've been in situations to where I'm yawning again. I've been, I've, I've been in situations where, uh, the photographer and the couple, you know, during the, I, I would like run into the reception to try to get like five or six reception shots and then run back out to see what was going on. And by the time I'd get back out, like there was one time where they just left me and they went, uh, they left both of us. Yeah. They, yeah. That's right. You were there. They, they were left, gone. Yeah. And there was two of us for that one. Golf carts, nowhere to be seen. Yeah. No, we got, I remember we got a hold. We, I walked over to the planner and I was like, Hey, what's, you know, did they just leave? And I remember she like threw her hands up and she was, it was just, it was, it was a very awkward day, but, uh, yeah, no. So apparently I didn't want any video of the, uh, uh, couple session (laughs) by the lighthouse. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they definitely left us and didn't get it. So, uh, there was three photographers that day too. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah. And the two of us. Yep. Yep. And none of them are doing reception decor while we were. Yeah, good times. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, you know, there, there's definitely a give and take when you are solo shooting. Uh, you have to understand and like mentally reconcile with yourself that you're going to miss certain moments. You're going to miss certain shots just because you cannot physically be there. So that's just a mental hurdle that you kind of have to get over. Now, um, why, you know, why I'm bringing that up right now is because when you are in the editing part of it is when you're going to notice those shots, you're going to be like, Oh, you know, this would have been a perfect thing to tell this piece of the story. And you're gonna be like, Oh, that's right. I had to, you know, I was setting up my cameras for the toasts and I missed X or I was, you know, breaking things down from the ceremony and trying to run things over when they were doing something and and I miss that. So this is also a good selling point, like to talk about your cup, talk to your couples about while you're in the storytelling session or the discovery call, call. um, to let them know that like you can't be in all places at one time and it can't be expected of you to do said things, things will be missed. Yeah, in fact, our first collection, I don't want to say lowest, but our, our first collection is one shooter. And we we since we've had our collection set up like that, I think maybe out of all the weddings that we've booked, I've booked one of those. Well, and that wedding makes sense to be a one shooter wedding. It's like a 
quick elopement, yeah, small sort of ceremony. Yeah. yeah, one location. And that makes sense to yeah. have one shooter. I agree. Uh, so let me talk about good things about solo shooting and some of the things that I, that I do like about solo shooting. <clears throat> it's just you. You don't need to worry about anybody else. You don't need to worry about a second shooter being late. You don't need to worry about a second shooter doing shots at the bar while you're trying to work. Like you don't have to worry about anything like that because it is just you, which does make your life mentally a little easier. Uh, Of course, you're not talking about me doing shots at the bar. (laughs) No, but you'd be a lot cooler if you did. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, so that, that part is pretty, it's pretty relieving. Now, you know, your abilities and you know what shots that you need to get. Um, when you bring in a second, it's unless you like know them, you've worked with them and that kind of stuff and you trust them. It's kind of a crapshoot on the other person's footage. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I, I might use four of Brittany's shots throughout the day. <laughs> But you got him. <laughs> but you, when you are solo shooting, you definitely learn very quickly what shots you need to prioritize over others. Like you learn like which shots are going to make it into the edit real quick because those are the shots that you have to get. And you definitely get better at shooting at multiple focal lengths. And what I mean is when I'm solo shooting, I will typically use a 24 to 70 F 2.8. So we got the Sigma 24 to 70 F 2.8. We like that lens so much that we had an L mount shipped it to Japan and had them switch the mount to an E mount. And now we use it with our Sony's. But you, you get really good at, you know, so I, I, I shoot with like a, a three second, three to five second shot standard, which I've talked about before, but I would get like, say at, at 35 millimeters, three to five seconds, get a medium shot and then punch it into 70 and then get another three to five seconds and then kind of go back and forth, you know, between the two. So I can have multiple, multiple shots that look like they're from different cameras just all in the same kind of sequence. So you can kind of fit that together. And why I can do that pretty quickly is we are shooting on that constant F.2 or F2.8 aperture lens. So I would highly recommend that you avoid any type of variable aperture lenses. Like when you see it say F2.8 to F4. Well, that means that while you are moving the focal length from, say, 50 millimeters to 70 millimeters, the aperture is changing while you're doing that. And if you change the aperture while you're shooting, that's going to change your exposure, which means you're going to have to move like your ISO or, you know, something to kind of compensate for it. And if you have a constant aperture, when you have your exposure set, uh, you don't need to make any changes to it whatsoever exposure wise. You can just zoom in, make sure it's in focus and then keep going. So I, uh, that's just a recommendation. Like I, I hate variable aperture lenses because of that, because it, it significantly reduces time. They are cheaper. They're way cheaper, but they're also more of a pain in the ass. 
I will admit though that once you get into a groove as a solo shooter, it does get easier. So it's not, it's not horrible. You know, I'm not trying to discourage people from it. Uh, I don't want people to be scared about solo shooting. I just, I personally don't like it. And, you know, Britt's going to talk here in a second about, you know, shooting with multiple people and that kind of stuff. But I, um, yeah, I mean, I don't want people to be like, oh, you know, Phil's just banging on solo shooters because that, that's not the case. I just personally just don't like it. I think that, you know, it, it just it adds a lot of stress for me personally. But uh, one thing that I do really enjoy about solo shooting uh, is when you're done, you're done. So you're not waiting on somebody else. You're not outside trying to hand each other um memory cards. You're not, you know, uploading stuff to Dropbox and hoping that it goes through. You know, I, I, I had a, my buddy George on the podcast and I second shoot with him a lot. And, uh, that's always like our number one, like pain point between me and him is all upload footage into Dropbox. And the next thing you know, like only one third of the footage is there. I got to redo it or there's something on his end that, you know, he's having a hard time downloading it. And, you know, when you're solo shooting, all those problems go away. So I just, you know, want to throw that. But again, I just want to make sure that everybody understands that, you know, don't, don't be scared of solo shooting. I just, I personally don't like it. And Brittany is going to talk to us about multiple shooters and why, why we, why we like that. And we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? Do you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects just trying to find that perfect song? Bring in Musicbed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. Musicbed was simply a lifesaver for us. I am going to talk about multiple shooters from the perspective of a second shooter. So that's my little disclaimer. I've never been a solo shooter for an entire day. That is not my jam. I would never do it in my life. Phil comes home from his second shooter or no, not his second shooter gigs, from his solo solo shooter gigs. And, oh, it's a long day. He'll always say something to the effect of, I hate shooting by myself. I hate my life. (laughs) I wish you were there. It's just a lot of work, et cetera, et cetera. But when we film together, we have the ability to divide and conquer, and that's kind of one of our major selling points is – On a wedding day, no matter who it is that's getting ready, you have two timelines running concurrently for the same event. And oftentimes they're taking place in two separate locations. And it's been our experience that we've literally had people getting ready across town from each other and 
that's just impossible for the gr- to do groom prep, do bride prep, vice versa. Um, so the advantage of us both being there is, or yeah, us multiple shooting is that he could be with one party and I could be with the other. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about that when I was thinking about the solo shooting is, you know, you get, you'll do the bride prep cause that's kind of the focus. And then you'll spend like a minute and a half with the groom and you're like, dude, play with your cufflinks. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like, you're not at the location. Sometimes you have to do it on ceremony site and that's not a huge deal, but it takes away from the other things that you're supposed to be doing whether that's setting up cameras or whatever, like everything just starts to feel really rushed. So go well, ahead. I was going to say a really good example of that though, is the uh, Martha's vineyard wedding where the groom uh, was, they had somebody come to his house to shave him. They, oh they, they were, they were shaving everybody's faces. They had like a private barber. Yeah. But not only that, now it's all coming back to me. We were walking and we had to walk in two completely different directions. And then I was given directions to the father's um, hotel where he was getting ready. And I arrived, was waiting for them. And then they're like, oh, no, he's over at so-and-so. So then I had to, like, pack all my shit up again and then <laughs> run down the street the other way. Got there. I was super flustered, but just trying to get my shit together and that was fun it worked out just fine but it was like last minute changes and whatnot but if the two of us weren't there we would have never had any of that footage period right and just to our I mean, to the benefit of me even having just a little bit of time to spare to get to the other location, I beat the second shooter for the photography and she didn't get any of the like special shaving and the, um, what is that razor called? Straight Straight razor. Like it was a big deal for them. And I mean, obviously that translates on film much better than photo, but it was one of those things that wouldn't have been able to happen if we both weren't together. So anyways, that's just one of the reasons. Um, But also, you know, running around just means a whole lot more stress. And in a pinch, when one of us is setting up Um, The other one can always be with the couple, and we find this a lot when we're right after the ceremony and Phil's either collecting our cameras or put transferring them to the reception site, and I'm hanging out with the couple doing family portraits. And a lot of times this is an expendable um, area if you are single shooting or solo shooting, but... It's come to be an advantage for us on occasion when we get that like last minute request where, hey, did you get any footage of my great grandparents or my grandparents? They left early right after the ceremony or whatever. They didn't make the reception or, you know, it was too cold for them or there's just so many reasons why having that like large family group shot can come in handy. I mean, it's just 
a couple of seconds here or there that make the highlight film or whatever, but now that five seconds though can go a long way. It could mean a lot to a couple. Yeah. And I don't think we've ever regretted doing the family portrait session. No, even if I didn't use any of it. Right. Because we still got it. Right. And I mean, it's easy. It's just kind of like extra. So that's just one. I mean, obviously, um, like I said, that could be an area that is expendable when you're a solo shooter. But um, we had um, another example of just when it came in handy for us was in the very beginning of my shooting. I wasn't even supposed to be at this wedding, but I wanted um, the experience. I paid her with exposure bucks. Yeah, that goes a long way. But um, the bride and groom got married the day of a hurricane, and we were in three different locations. The first was a church location, and then spontaneously, because the weather had cleared up, we went to some like private beach, but Phil the weather was still pretty wicked when we were at the beach. Like that was that was a pretty cool. No, that session. was before we even went to the church. Oh, that was the first look. We went to yeah. multiple locations on this day. Yeah, that's right. But we like we weren't even anticipating this day being split up. So I hopped in with the photographers while Phil took our car to the um, reception site because we didn't really know what we were getting into there because there was maybe going to be a tent. It was all just dependent on the weather. And luckily for them, it really cleared up. It was a beautiful day. It ended up being an amazing day. hurricane first thing in the morning. And by the time ceremony was over, it was the skies had potted. But that was kind of like our first real um, jump into shooting together. And it was kind of my um, moment to rise or sink or swim kind of deal because I had never, I had leaned on Phil as a crutch for almost everything. And then it was just kind of like, you either go and get some of this footage or we get none of it. So I did my best. I feel like we got what we needed, made it work. Phil had to work probably a lot of kinks out with my white balance and whatnot in the beginning, but um, it was one of those things that we didn't regret me actually going by myself. And it was actually one of those moments where I think I actually was like, oh, I can kind of do this. Like, I'll be all right if I don't just press record. <laughs> just press record. Just mash the record button. So that was just kind of one occasion. Um, so then I just kind of put like, are we an effective team, Phil? Occasionally. <laughs> um, other benefits that are small. but I really can- hope that people out there got the oblivion <laughs> reference on that. Um, so some other benefits that are small but could be significant lifesavers in a crunch. Um, when we're together shooting, we're not constantly changing lenses I'm usually on the 24 to 70 getting medium shots. And then Phil is usually on the, what, the 50? You, did you change it to the 70? I changed it to the 70 while you were sitting there. <laughs> I, okay. 
Um, so Phil's usually on the 70 getting the tight shots. And this just allows us to be more efficient with our time while we're in the moment getting our sequences of shots, tights, close, mediums. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, so what, what she's saying is that when we're standing next to each other and we're say we're both in bride prep for some reason, I'm done with groom prep and I'm, I'm back over with Brit. Then her focus is on the wide and medium shots. Cause she's got the 24 and the 35, the 50, that kind of stuff. And then I'm on like a 70 or an 85 and I'm getting the tight, like dramatic close up shots. And that's my focus. So Britt's doing her thing. I'm doing my thing. And then when you go to edit it, you notice that you will be able to put a sequence together much easier because you'll be able to cut back and forth between wide, medium, close. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can put sequences of stuff together. So that's why we shoot like that. Well, yeah. And it just narrows my focus so that I focus on one thing you focus on another thing and then we're not like we know what we're supposed to be doing and we're not like battling for time and space with the photographer or, you know, those last minute quick shots, whether it's in bridal prep, groom prep or the portrait session with the couple or whatever. So another thing that, you know, isn't going to be the case all the time, but when especially if you're riding together, parking could be such a bitch in like the city or on one way streets. Or if the couple just wanted to jump out real quick and get that photo right in front of the church or real quick, we just want to go run onto the beach or, you know, whatever. There's so many things that have come up like that when we're like on the way somewhere that they're like, Oh, well we can't just park, but if you have one someone that's ready to tuck and roll with the camera, then it makes it all the much easier. I can't think of where I think it was in Rhode Island. Yeah, I remember you it were about that, to get a ticket. Yeah, that's right. You were part- solo shooting. That was one of the things you bitched about when you came home. Oh yeah, I was about to, yeah, it took me forever yep. to park and I yep. I like parked in like a handicapped spot next to a cop. Classic. This isn't gonna be great. I don't it was it was an unmarked parking spot. It was not a handicapped spot. That was just a joke. So please don't think that I'm <laughs> pushing crippled people out of the way to park. Oh boy. Um, so another thing that is kind of stupid but kind of self-explanatory is just bathroom breaks. Like I can't count the number of times that I've like, okay, I'm gonna go use the bathroom real quick. Like it's just certain things that you know that someone is covering and there's been times when literally like the cake cutting is happening right when you finally think you have that like split second and as long as someone is on watch you're gonna get what you need for that one shot you don't need 500 different angles for fucking cake shot but tell us how you really feel (laughs) no well i mean we used to do that we used to make a bit like okay well we both need to And then you just get to the point where you know, like, if you get the shot, you got the shot and, you know, it's going to make a two-second clip in your highlight film. Like, at a certain point, you get to a level of comfortability where you know, like, okay, too much is too much and you don't have to be excessive with certain things. So that's just one thing 
Like, and that goes, that's the same thing with like eating or getting a drink real quick. Like that there've been so many times when I've been like caught in mouth, just like, I need a drink, but going for shots at the bar. (laughs) Yeah. It was just so like wrapped up about missing something. But when you're two shooters, like you can have, you can breathe a little bit. Like you don't have to be, I don't know, freaking out about, oh, I might miss you know, the glass is well, tingling. Minus a parent dance because yeah. I'm going to the bathroom. Right. But, you know, two, I just put this in my notes. Like, have you ever been to a wedding where the planner or coordinator says, your dinner's ready, but we're going to go do X now. Like, I feel like that happens every single time. Like, oh, your plate's warm now. <laughs> but... We're going to have you do something else real quick. So anyways, you can divide and conquer your dinner meal too. Um, And then here's – this is another, like I said, not necessary thing, but it actually makes it kind of nice. Like I can't count the number of times where we've been either in super hot situations where I know I'm getting burnt or my legs are literally getting eaten up by mosquitoes as I'm trying to like hold a steady shot during a ceremony or fighting a blood sucking fly off. Ugh, remember that wedding where it was a father daughter dance and I was just like trying to hold this shot and felt this excruciating pain on my finger. Not Taryn and Kevin. Yeah. yeah. And it was just this God awful, like huge blood-sucking fly just going to town on my finger. If you know anything about me and my experience with bugs, they love me, but the feeling is not mutual. Everywhere we go. Everywhere. I remember when you got attacked by sand fleas and we were in It was a sand gnat. Yeah. Yeah. Ended up in urgent care. Yeah. With a... (laughs) Fucking huge ass foot. Fun times. But um, also just like being able to freshen up if you need to like, hey, I'm going to go like dry my hair real quick in the blow dryer in the bathroom because it's a downpour or the complete opposite. Like I'm a hot mess because I'm sweating like crazy. I just need a minute. (laughs) Obviously. Not completely necessary, but... We're a bunch of classic people in this family, I can tell you that much. (laughs) If it makes you feel better, you work better. So that's my my motto. So another thing I think that has kind of come to an advantage for the both of us is when you're trying to explain a pose to a couple, like Phil is oftentimes just like, do this, grab me force me into an uncomfortable situation. <laughs> a me too moment in front of the couple. It's usually gets a couple of laughs, but you know, some people are visual like myself and it just makes all the difference to have some sort of like cue and it kind of breaks the, breaks the ice too. Um, and then like the final thing that I just, I have to say, and I know that I've heard this around from like George and every everyone else that second shoots is just having someone that you can bitch to about 
the day and joke around with makes it fun and makes the workday go by much faster and it's a more enjoyable experience. That's kind of my take on dual shooting. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why I just took it such a big deep breath, but uh, no, I I definitely prefer uh, shooting with more than one person. But all of our weddings has been with you. Now that I think about it, I, I don't think I've ever shot. I don't have I had no, anyone? not any of our yeah, booked our weddings. Yeah, not our yeah. personal weddings. I've had some pretty awful experiences with other second shooters for other weddings. But the uh, that's I should probably do a podcast on that. No, I did. I think I did. I thought about being a second being shooter. a good second shooter. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think too that. I mean, shit. Getting a second shooter is a risk, just like getting a babysitter in Massachusetts. It's a risk. Like you, um, it's all good until an hour before when you plan date night and you're about to get in the shower and they say, Hey, by the way, (laughs) just kidding. That literally happened last week. I'm a little bitter if you can, if you can tell. Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely prefer, shooting with more than one person. I've, I've been a third shooter, uh, on a few occasions, but you know, that that's all situationally dependent. Like for most of the stuff that we do, we only need two. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that if you think that you have a client that is maybe like a little more high end, or you don't think that you can maybe handle the, I don't know, the excess or being in all places at once. If there's a lot going on for said wedding, I think that, you know, it might be a good idea to hire a drone pilot or yeah, just have a it stand-up. might be a good idea to have someone come help you for a couple of hours, maybe not all day. I It's like you said, it's situationally dependent, like. Well, there's been plenty of times I've been second shooting for people. And then as soon as the, uh, like the parent dances and the speeches are over, I'm just cut loose because, and you know, thinking about it, like you, do you really need two people, three people doing dancing? No, I mean, and that's kind of one of the benefits as well of us dual shooting is that, you know, at a certain point too, it gets a little excessive to have everyone out on the dance floor shooting on top of like everybody that's dancing and whatnot starts to feel a little crowded, but that's also when we start taking advantage of getting other creative shots and using our lighting in different ways. And I'll literally be the light person walking around getting to Phil's six o'clock or whatever. Always wrong, but always being guided <laughs> to switch my lighting angles. But so what? What she's something new that we started doing the last couple of weddings is rather than us both being on the dance floor and shooting, and rather than keeping like our aperture, you know, cranked up and you know shooting all over the dance floor and then ruining the lighting people's um, lights. Yeah. So I mean, you got to think that. For some of the weddings that we're doing, when you're in the luxury market, the couple is spending a lot of money on a light designer. So it's not just, you know, the the band will have their own lights. 
the uh, designer for the wedding will bring in their own lighting company that will set up their own lights and that kind of stuff. So there's definitely like, I know, I know with David, David's very adamant about like the texture that lighting is putting off and that kind of stuff. So if you crank up three <laughs> aperture 60 spotlight, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's going to, it's going to ruin what they've been putting together. So it's, it's, it's really is a balance. With stuff trying like to that. make friends, not enemies. Yeah. And, uh, but what we've been doing is Brittany will walk around, uh, with like a core SXW, right? I think you have the core. Yeah, it's on, just a little one. On the light stand, but the light stand's all folded up. And then she'll just kind of stand perpendicular to where I'm at. And she'll cast the right shadow with that light. And I'll get people dancing like that. So then you get all the ambiance in the background. You're not hitting people with a floodlight and that kind of stuff. And it, it's, it seemed to work uh, pretty well. So I'm a fan of it. Yeah, and it's kind of just a quick thing. It's not doing it all night long. It's just trying to be, you know, strategic with it, making sure you're getting the couple while they're together out on the dance floor. And that's another thing. Like, you're going to have dad or grandma or whoever cutting a rug for a little bit, but then, you know, just move on. Like, it's not something you have to do all night with both of you. So that's just another advantage of, like, yeah. And then actually towards the end of the night, uh, like say 30 minutes, like say, say we're done at nine, just keep it simple. Then at like eight 30, I'll have Brittany go over and start breaking down all of the other equipment and getting everything put away while I'm still on the dance floor shooting footage. And then by the time, you know, like eight 50, eight 55 rolling around, I'll come over. And then all I need to do is just break down my camera. Yeah. And then we'll go, you know, say goodbye to the couple and that kind of stuff. But Brittany has everything else already put away and staged and ready to go. So it, it speeds up, you know, the end of the night too. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of our thoughts on solo and multiple, I guess, how would you even phrase that? Now that I think about it, solo shooting and dual shooting. Du- I dual? Know. Is that, is that, I don't, I think, don't know, I don't but know that's cool. I don't know what, I don't know. I mean, the thing, the main takeaway though, neither is right or wrong. Do whatever, you know, makes you happy, makes your job easier. Like we, if it's both of us, we charge for both of us. If it's one of us, we charge for one of us, but we also, that also comes with like a disclaimer of like, Hey, this is minimal coverage. This is one person trying to do yeah, in fact, in, in, that, in that collection, we also only do seven hours in a four-minute highlight film. So four-minute film, seven hours, one person. Yep. So it's, you know, when – and I don't guarantee – I don't – I tell them that we're not intertwining uh, the audio from the ceremony and that it's more of a music video. There's no, um, like, narrative. Mm-hmm. Now, I can get all of it and I'll have all of it, but – it's just way easier to guarantee that when you have two people. So that's the next collection. All right. So, uh, thank you very much for listening. Make sure to like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, don't forget to join our private Facebook group, wedding videography for beginners. We hope everybody is staying safe and healthy and we will see everyone next week. And Brittany, I believe will be back next week. Hmm. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? 
Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.